Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And uh, I want tonight to look at some things. Let's go to Matthew 21. I want to look at some things uh, as concerning words and authority. Uh, you know, many years ago now, it's, it's been a few years ago now, uh, I wrote the book, First Words Matter, Last Words Stand. And uh, I remember when the Lord began to deal with me about that revelation because I actually received a, a partner letter from Brother Copeland and it said in the opening line of that letter, it said, first words matter. And I, was, I still remember where I was, the place we were living. I was sitting there at the table where I would study. And the Lord said, yes, and last words stand. First words matter and last words stand. And the Lord back then, all those years ago, began to give me a revelation of establishing things in the earth. And how that words are, are not just, uh, it's not just speech, words are spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Well, uh, uh, obviously, anyone that has the ability of words, the ability of speech, we understand that those words never die. And the Lord gave me the illustration of a person that gets on the highway every morning and they get on the highway every morning and they say, boy, I hate this traffic. Oh, I hate this drive to work. It's just miserable. I can't stand it. It's always bumper to bumper. These idiot drivers, you know, must be from uh, uh, somewhere up north. But in any event, <laughs> in any event, the Lord said this to me. He said, he said, uh, and those words that they spoke are like two centuries, centuries, guards, and they're standing at that on-ramp waiting on them every morning. And they can have the best morning in the world, but the closer they get to that freeway, the closer they get to that highway, the more they start getting frustrated and they start it all over again. Those words are standing there waiting on them, and so it is established in the earth that that freeway is frustrating, that that freeway is, is a, a, a nerve-wracking mess for that person. Now, then there's another person that gets on the highway, and they use it as time to praise the Lord, as to listen to praise and worship, uh, to pray in the Holy Spirit. And it's a joy, even even if they have to stop in traffic, they find it joyful because they can pray in the Holy Ghost. They can meditate on the things of God because they're establishing something in the earth. Words, you can never forget that words are designed to carry the authority that God gave to mankind. Words are carriers of authority. Uh, Brother Copeland said this years ago, he said words were not primarily meant for communication they were primarily meant to exercise dominion. 
exercising authority through speech. Now, uh, in Matthew 21, we'll start in verse 18. Remember that a misuse of words is ultimately a misuse of our authority. If I misuse my words, it's ultimately a misuse of my authority. Because you have to understand there's a reason you will have what you say and people will say, well, yeah, because it's in the Bible. Well, yes, but that's true. But the main reason that you'll have what you say is God gave you the power of words to have what you say. There are people that are having what they say and they don't even know it's in the Bible. But yet they're having what they say. Amen. Now Matthew 21 and verse 18. Glory to God. That's why I'm going to establish right now everything Pastor Michelle said over the offering, we receive it. We have it right now in Jesus' name. Seed time and harvest is working for this body. It's working for the people that are watching, the people that are here, the people that are listening. It is working right now. Lord, I'll say it just that way. And thousands more are coming. Hallelujah. Lord, you said to us at the end of last year, you said that the last four months of 2019 were loaded. And then you said that was as a precursor for what was going to happen in the first part of 2020. And you said this. You said that there would be thousands of increase with minimal increase of toil and labor. We established that in the earth. We established that in Jesus' name. It shall come to pass just that way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So Matthew 21 and verse 18, and it says, Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it. One translation says he saw a lone fig tree, and he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no, let no fruit grow on you henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, It shall be done. It shall be done. Now notice the first thing we see here is Jesus came to this tree and verse 20 says he found no fruit. The beginning of verse 21 says Jesus answered and said. He said unto it. Let no fruit grow on you henceforward forever. Notice Jesus said to it. He said to it. Now, he saw this tree, and there's been a lot of discussion on what the tree with no fruit meant. 
And I don't get into that because the Bible doesn't take the time to tell us. So in my opinion, it's not that important. What is important is what Jesus did. Now, he wasn't angry at the tree. Jesus wasn't hangry. All right. And he just decided to kill this tree. No, he used the tree as an example of the authority that we possess in our words. Amen. And notice he said to it. Now, we've read these verses so often that we can quote them and, and, and write, you know, if we say to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in our heart, but shall believe those things we say shall come to pass, we'll have whatever we say. That's absolutely true. But let's go back to that. We're going to go to Mark 11 in a little bit. Let's go back to that. You will have whatever you say. Notice that he said to it, and it started withering at once. Matthew gives us the indication that when Jesus spoke to the tree, they could see it withering. Because it says, notice, it says, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Mark tells us that they went on into the city, <clears throat> went to the temple, and as they came back the next morning, G Peter pointed out, Jesus, that fig tree is withered away. But here in Matthew, it says that it was immediately noticeable that something had changed in that tree. Now, this is important because as spiritual people, we have to keep a spiritual mindset about what's going on in circumstances. All right? You can't ever afford to fall over into this, this mental mindset that so many people are in that when I see it begin to change, then it's changing. No, notice something. He said to it, and it started withering at once. Now, there are reasons that this happened so quick for Jesus that we'll get into, but I want you to see this. When you release the authority that you've been given and speak to the circumstances in your life, they immediately begin to feel the effect of those words. When you begin to speak to circumstances, they immediately begin to feel the effect of what you're saying. They have to because it's a law. Jesus said, if you speak to things, he said, not only can you do what happened to this fig tree, but you can speak to the mountain and it will obey you. Amen. The circumstance immediately begins to change. Now, people will say, well, I don't see any change. You're looking at it in the natural and you've got to look at it in the spiritual. The book of uh, Jeremiah says this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Is not my word like a hammer and like a fire that breaks into pieces the rock, the Amplified Bible says, of most stubborn resistance. The word that you speak is like a hammer. And when you first start speaking the word in the natural, it's like taking a sledgehammer and breaking a big rock. 
the first one or two hits that you, that you provide, it may not look like much damage was done, but from that first lick of that sledgehammer, the integrity of that rock was compromised. The moment you say something, the integrity of that circumstance is compromised. The moment you say it. When you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, that disease, that sickness immediately begins to weaken because it has to because Jesus said, you will have what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you see that? And so, and so our job is to continue to speak the word because that is what carries our authority. Amen. The circumstance immediately begins to change. I have a, a pastor friend of mine that was uh, on a dive boat in the Cayman Islands and uh, they, were, they were either going uh, to dive or finishing up the dive. Uh, they were going to dive and uh, there was a guy on that boat that was a Canadian dermatologist. And uh, my friend was getting everything ready and they were going to go dive. And he came, this dermatologist came up to him and he said, you know, excuse me. He said, I'm not trying to be nosy or get in your business. He said, but uh, you got a mole on your back that when you get home, I would definitely get it checked out. Because it, 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 to me, it looks like a melanoma. And he said, you need to go get it checked out. And, uh, of course, you know, my friend kind of has a sense of humor. And he said, what are the odds that I'm on a dive boat in the Grand Cayman Islands and I run into a Canadian dermatologist? But in any event, the point being is this, is that he got back home and he made an appointment with his doctor. And uh, uh, they, uh, uh, they, uh, they did whatever test they needed to do. And sure enough, they found out that, that he had a, a, a growth there that was cancerous. And uh, so the doctor said, but it's of such a nature. He said, uh, uh, we can remove it right here in the office. He said, it won't be any problem. Uh, we can remove it right here. And so uh, they, they gave him the anesthetic on, on a certain day. And, uh, but before he, look, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before he had the procedure done, he said, well, let me take a few days and just pray about it, and, and then I'll give you a decision. So he did, and uh, he was speaking to the thing and, 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 and declaring that he was a cancer-free zone, these other things. And uh, finally he decided, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to go ahead and get it taken out and taken off. And so he did, long story short. And uh, they, uh, they did the biopsy on it. And they came back to him with the results, and sure enough, as we said earlier, it was cancerous. And uh, the doctor said, but here's the funny thing about it. He said, the underside of that thing was completely white. And he said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, it was dying. It was dying. Well, see, it was only a couple days that he was speaking to it, but the cancer was already dying. Why? Because the circumstance immediately begins to change when you have faith in the authority that's in your words. Amen. You know, there's a difference between somebody saying something like that. Uh, 
saying something like, uh, bring that to me. And somebody saying, uh, bring that to me. There's a difference just in the tone. One is sure of themselves and the other is not. What you declare, you have to know the moment you say it, you have established something in the earth. Amen. When Pastor Michelle said, she said this from the, the, the very beginning, she made the statement. She said, we are thriving. That's it. Now, remember, Brother Caps always said this, whatever you say, let it stay said. If you don't retract your words, they keep working. Words can never die. They must be replaced. Amen. And so when you say, like we said, I'm thriving in whatever circumstance, not just the season we're in, you ought to say that all the time. E even when it looks like everything is, is perfect, you need to be saying, I'm thriving because you want those words standing guard over your life. Amen. And if you never retract them, they never quit working. They never quit working. They're always standing there. Those words will stand there and guard your finances. Those words will stand there and guard your livelihood because the last words you said were, I'm thriving. And Jesus said, and we're going to go to Mark 11 in a moment, but Jesus said right here that if you have faith and doubt not, you'll not only do what was done to this tree, but you'll say to the mountain, be removed, and it'll be cast into the sea. So we can say it this way. If you have faith in, your, in the authority that's in your words and you don't doubt it, Jesus said this. He said, nothing would be impossible to you. Hallelujah. Amen. When Jesus spoke to the tree, the effects were immediate and complete. That, that tree was going to die. It had no choice. I'm telling you that when you begin to say to things, they have to change. They don't have a choice. Because you're the one in authority and you're the one with the ability to speak words of authority and turn circumstances. Amen. Glory to God. So the effects were immediate and complete. Yeah, but I don't see a change. Wait a minute. It's because you're looking at it from the natural. I've got to look at it in the spirit. I've got to be spiritual about it. If I said it, it's changing. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had people tell, ask me before, well, pastor, how do you know that's going to happen? Because I said so. Yeah, but... No, there's no but. See, saying words like, yeah, but, what you have just done is retracted your words. See, they have to be replaced. But here's the thing. If you replace a positive affirmation with a negative affirmation, the same authority that you used on the positive side is now working on the negative side. Rick Renner said something one time. He said, Mark 11, 23 and 24 works for the devil too. 
That's why the devil always wants to get you to say something. Amen. The devil wants you to say, affirm something negative. Oh, dear God, we're never going to make it. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, things are getting worse. Because he knows you'll have what you say. Because he was there. He was there when God invested man with dominion and authority in words. He, he knows that it was God that created the universe and everything we see with the power of his words. And you cannot be created in the likeness and the image of God and not be created with the ability to exercise authority through words, else you would not be in God's image. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Jesus' words were so potent for a number of reasons, but I want to give you two very quickly. Number one, because he never used crooked speech. Jesus never said anything he didn't mean. And, and you know, there's a difference between lying and saying something you don't mean. There are people that would, they'd rather take a beating than lie, but they'll say things they don't mean. Hallelujah. They'll come home from work and say, whoo, I'm just wore out. Just wore out. Don't have any energy left in me. There you go. That's what you get. Wore out and no energy. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You need to know what you mean. You, you need to understand that if you say it, your body thinks you want it. Amen. Do, do, do you see this? Uh, I read this to you last week, but I, wa I want to reread it if I may. Uh, in uh, his book, God's Creative Power, uh, Brother Cap said something that, that just so blessed me. He said, most people have spoken contrary to the word. They have spoken things that the devil has said. They have quoted what the enemy has said about them. Therefore, notice this, they have established on earth the words the enemy has said. They've established what the devil's saying. You know, you can go through Scripture and you cannot find one negative thing that God ever said, especially in the New Testament, one negative thing that God ever said about His people. You can't find it. It doesn't exist. He never said in the scripture, yes, and, and the righteous win a few and lose a few. But you'll, you'll hear people say, well, you know, some days are like that. I used to know a guy and his favorite saying was, well, some days are diamonds, some days are stones. What? Diamonds and stones, what's that have to do with anything? Right? That's a country song, not a scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
He said, if we will begin to establish the things God said and establish His Word on this earth, then thank God we'll rise to a new level of faith. But notice, He said, we've got to establish what God said in the earth. So Jesus never used crooked speech. He said, I only say those things my Father tells me to say. Amen. Are you with me? Then, he believed absolutely that what he said would come to pass. He believed absolutely that what he said is what was going to happen. And I've had people say to me, well, I believe everything that God said will come to pass. That won't work. Because you've got to believe everything you say will come to pass. Because what God has said is already established. It is already truth. It is already, it is already complete. I am establishing the word of God in the earth. Amen. Every time you speak words of healing over your body, you are establishing the covenant promise that there will be no sick or no barren among you. Every time you are establishing that in the earth. That's what God said. I've got to fill my mouth with what God said and go establish it in the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. He believed absolutely that what he said would come to pass. Uh, Very early on in uh, our walk in the word of faith, uh, and I've told this story before, I don't even know where we found the magazine. Uh, I I think it was in a, a doctor's office or something. And we found a, a Concepts of Faith magazine, Charles Capps magazine. And uh, uh, I don't remember what all was in the magazine, but I remember on the back, he was having a special on two tape series. Uh, one was uh, Calling Things That Be Not As Though They Were, and the other was Faith, Law of the New Covenant. And uh, we had to save up. I, if I remember correctly, it was both of them for $10 or one of them for 10 and one of them for 5 I don't remember. But we were so broke, we had to save $10 up. I mean, I was saving up $30 a month to ride the bus back and forth to work, get a $30 bus pass. And uh, so we, we didn't have any money. We literally had no money. We, we had to choose every week, do we go to church or go to work? We got to decide. And, and thankfully, we chose to go to church, and God would bless us. But here's the point. Man, we got a hold of those tapes, and Pastor Michelle was working nights at the time. And I set a, a, a tape player up on a, on a desk that we had pulled out of the dumpster. Literally pulled it out of the dumpster. And uh, that's, I don't do that anymore. But anyway, praise God. praise God. And I sat there and I'm listening to these tapes. And I'm just thinking as he's teaching, if this is really true, my life's about to change. Something's going to change. Because before God can change your circumstances, He's got to change what you say about your circumstances. He he cannot violate His Word and come and change something that by your words, you're declaring you don't want changed. Someone will say, well, I, I, I want my body to be healed, but I'm just so sick. I want to be blessed, but we're broke. Because I have the authority, God cannot just come in and violate His Word. He gave me the authority, 
and just change things. If, if that was how it worked, there would be no need for faith. Hallelujah. And so uh, a story that he told on one of those tapes just really stuck with me. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, he was talking about how angels hearken to the voice of the word. And the voice of the word has to come out of your mouth. And he said, you take a, 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 a guy that uh, he's in his basement of his house. And he's looking at his hot water heater. And he says, you know what? It'd be a shame if that hot water heater ever uh, uh, had a problem and, and, you know, blew up. It just, it just burned this house down. And uh, he said, now that guy's angels are standing around him wondering why he wants his house to burn down. And he said, he can declare he has angels. He can declare protection. And he said, but if something goes wrong with that hot water heater and it blows up and that house starts burning down, that guy's angels will stand around and say, let her burn. Man, that imprinted my spirit. And, and for months after that, every time I would go to say something negative, I would hear Charles Capps in my spirit say, let her burn. Oh, my goodness, that imprinted my spirit. And, and God began to bring to my mind how much negativity. And, and, and understand, it's not just negative and positive. It's that the negative carries the same level of authority as the positive. Amen. You've got to believe absolutely that everything you say will come to pass. Hallelujah. And, and here's what people say. They'll say something they don't mean. And then they'll go, oh, I was joking, but you still said it. I'm not, I'm not being hard. I, I've had to learn this. The Bible says that the man that says what he doesn't mean in the book of Proverbs and, and then says, oh, I was, I was in sport. I was joking. It said he is like a man that's shooting a lethal crossbow into people and he shoots a crossbow bolt into a guy's chest and says, oh, I was joking. It's too late. The damage is done. Words, the Bible says, are like, are like uh, it, it talks about the words of a talebearer. It says they, they go into the innermost parts of a person's being. Words. Now those are gossip, but they're still words. When, when you say something, it goes directly to the root of the issue. Words are not a joking matter. I have to believe that what I say is going to come to pass. Amen. In, in, what, in whatever area. Yeah, but you mean you can't joke around? Listen, I'm all about a good joke and, 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 having, and having fun. But here's the thing. You can't use your words like they don't matter. I, I've, I've got to be cautious with that because Jesus said, I'll have what I say. He didn't say you'll have what you say unless you're just joking. Amen. I was talking to a guy the other day, and this man is 10 years younger than I am, 10 years younger than I am, and uh, uh, he was saying some things, and, and uh, uh, we were talking about uh, children, and uh, I told him that we had a three-year-old daughter, Liliana, you know, we had a three-year-old daughter. And he goes, oh, I feel for you. 
And, I, and, I, and it came out of my mouth. I said, well, why? And he said, because I'm, I'm, and he gave his age 10 years younger than I am. I'm, I'm 43, and I got one five and one seven, and I can't even keep up with them. And he said, I go to bend over, and I go, oh, 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 I better, better, better bend at the knee. Yeah, I'm just falling apart. 43, I'm falling apart. Now, you don't like to say it, but you know what's going to happen? He's going to fall apart. Why? Because he has given falling apart license in his life. What if you say, all my bones are kept? My ligaments are kept. Amen. I, I don't have arthritic joints. I don't, I, I don't fall apart. I mean, that's just as easy to say. Well, you know, Pastor, we're all getting older. Right, we're all getting older, but there's no scripture that says as you get older, you must fall apart. Scripture says even to those that have no strength, he increases their might. And God gives power to the faint. He says that young men will grow weary and faint, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. See, that's what Scripture says. David, David talked about running through a troop and leaping over a wall as an old man. When you go through the Scripture, you don't see people getting less and less strong. In the old, even in the Old Testament, as they got older, you see them being strong and doing exploits. Amen. Glory to God. Caleb, under the first covenant that according to Scripture was inferior to the covenant that we're under, looked at Joshua and said, I still want the mountain that Moses promised me. He said, I was in this promised land 40 years ago when I was 45 years of age. And he said, those unbelieving, this is my paraphrase, those unbelieving people got us kicked out of the promised land. He said, now here I am, 40 years later, 85 years old, and I'm just as strong today as I was then, and I want that mountain. Amen. Glory to God. See, his mindset was, yeah, there's giants. And they said, the sons of Anak are there. And you know what Caleb said? I'll kill them, I'll take the cities, and I'll do it for the glory of God. Amen. You're not falling apart. Say it out loud. I'm not falling apart. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. I'm getting, I, my youth is renewed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, I've had people say, well, you know, as you get older, you do slow down. Right, because you get smarter. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you don't burn both ends, at, uh, both ends of the candle at one time. Glory to God. I was talking to Vernon the other day, and he said, you know, as you get older, there's just things you look at and you go, ah, forget it, I don't want to do it. Amen. <laughs> but, 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 but the point is, the point that I want to make to you is this. Jesus believed everything he would say would come to pass. Now, now, I'm not saying you say anything wrong, but I'm asking you as your pastor, investigate it. Are there some things you may have said in the past week that you really wouldn't want to happen? 
then I got to go back and replace that. Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. Amen. See, see, why? Because I got to replace those words. Here's something, and, and I'm going to get into this in just a moment. You got to quit saying how, Lord, help me with this, because I want to say it correctly. Sweet words increase learning. People have to quit saying how hard things are. Isaiah said, don't say it's hard like they say it's hard. Talking about people that didn't believe. He said, don't say it's hard like they say it's hard. Don't call hard what they're calling hard. Amen. Because Scripture says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the Lord gave me a phrase that I've used for many years now. It's going to be simple and easy. It's just as easy to say simple and easy as it is to say hard and difficult. Amen. Because I'll have whatever I say. And I believe that. Oh, glory to God. Amen. But, but you'll hear people say things like this. Oh, 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 I don't know where my memory's at. I'd, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. Ha, ha, ha. It's not funny. It's crooked speech. Right? You want your memory to work a long time. Right? Amen. But I'll hear Christians say this. Well, you know, when you start getting old, the first thing that goes is the memory. Not for me. The memory of the just is blessed. Amen. Glory to God. You know, when you go through the scripture, Moses, who died at 120 years old, had such a good memory that he wrote the first five books of the Bible and could remember. He wrote Deuteronomy, which means second law, and if you go through Deuteronomy, it's over 30 chapters long in our Bible. And Moses remembered everything to the day that God had done over the past 40 years for the people of Israel. Everything. How did he do that? Under an old inferior covenant. Hallelujah. He, he didn't declare things that he didn't want. Glory to God. Glory to God. Matthew 21 there, verse 21, it says, Jesus said, Verily I say to you, if you have faith and don't doubt, you shall not only do to this which is done to the tree, but you shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast to the sea, and it will be done. The Woos Bible says this, But Jesus answering said to them, Assuredly I'm saying to you, if you are having faith and are not doubting, not only will you do that which was done to the fig tree, notice this now, but even if you say to this mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea, it shall come to pass. Jesus said, even if you speak to the mountain, the authority in your words will move it. Amen. And, and the Lord said this to me years ago concerning that verse. He said, even if you say to sickness, be removed, it'll leave your body. 
even if you say to finances, even if you say it will come to pass. Well, but what about this disease? Oh, even if you say to cancer, be removed, it'll be removed. Why? Because it's even if. So he says, this fig tree is an example of what you can do, but what Jesus is saying is this is really a small thing, even if you say to something big, you'll get the same results. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Glory to God. And so if you can say to a headache, and stop it. You can say to cancer and stop it. Amen. Your finances are just waiting on your command to turn around. Just waiting on you to tell them to go the other way. Amen. Your, whatever situation it is, it's just waiting on the faith command and the use of your authority to turn and go the other way. Glory be to God. Mm-mm-mm. Glory be to God. Do, do you see that? And so you'll run into people that it seems like things just get bigger in their life. It just gets worse. Somewhere they're talking worse. In uh, Mark 5, we won't take the time to go there, but you'll remember the woman with the issue of blood. It said she had suffered many things of many physicians and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Amen. She had a grow worse image. We don't know what she had been saying, but we do know this, that it says when she heard of Jesus, she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, for she said, and the Amplified Bible says, she kept saying, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. You cannot separate what she said, what she did, and the fact that Jesus said it was her faith. Saying and doing equal faith. She said, she did, she received, and Jesus called it faith. Jesus said here in Matthew 21 that you had to say, but you had to not doubt that what you said was going to come to pass. Saying and doing equal faith. But saying and doing can also equal doubt. Mm. Amen. In Mark 11, Mark 11 and verse 23. Again, these are familiar verses, but something that the Lord has just kept talking to me about. It says in Mark 11, verse 23. Truly I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. So whosoever will have whatsoever, he says. 
Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The Roost Bible says, truly I'm saying to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now whoever says, whoever says. Now that's important. Because this works for whoever. Whoever says. Whoever says. You could say it this way. Whoever has the faith to say. Whoever says. To this mountain be lifted up, be thrown into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. But believes that that which, notice, he says comes to pass. It shall be his. Now, here's the question. Is this truth? Absolutely truth. Yes. Then in the truth, in the word that is absolutely truth, Jesus said, if you believe that that which you say comes to pass, it will be yours. Amen. Whoever says, so that means this law works for whoever. Works for whoever. Amen. And it's not just positive and negative. I made mention of this earlier, and I'll I'll go back over it briefly here. Many people won't speak overtly negative words, but they'll say things like, oh, I can't believe that. Now think about that. I can't believe. I cannot believe. See, here's the problem with that. Jesus said if you wanted the impossible, you had to believe. And when a person says, I can't believe that. Those words are standing there. Yeah, but pastor, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, no. I I heard what you said. And because we're people of the word, we're under the assumption that's what you mean. Think about that for a moment. Every born again person has the ability to believe. Because you had to believe that God had raised Jesus from the dead in order to be saved. You exercised faith and called things that were not and saw things that you couldn't see when you got born again. You exercised so much faith when you were born again that it literally transformed you into a new creature. And if you think on that, then there should not be anything you can't believe. Because you you believe something you never saw. In some cases, you never felt it. But yet you believe it happened. Amen. They'll say things like, oh, that's just unbelievable. There's nothing unbelievable for a believer. Listen, Jesus said you can move a mountain with your words. Now there are people that go, oh, that's unbelievable. They'll never move it. Why did Jesus use a mountain? 
Because that mountain represents those things in life that look so insurmountable, so unchangeable, so fixed, so big and so large that there's nothing anybody can do about it. And Jesus said, something like your words will move it. Ever how big it is. Ever how unchangeable it looks. Amen. If, if you've ever went over the Rocky Mountains, there's two things. You think, number one, boy, them are big. And number two, you wonder how the pioneers ever got over them. They had to have a belief in what was on the other side. Amen. They couldn't move that mountain. They had to go over it. Now see, religion will say this. And there's even a song, Lord, don't move my mountain. Just give me the strength to climb. That's not a scripture. That's a southern gospel song. Amen. And then you got the other side of the spectrum. I'm coming up. The rough side of the mountain. Why got to be the rough side? Why can't it be the smooth side? Because the rough side seems more religious. It seems more, right? Jesus didn't tell you to climb the mountain or go up the rough side. He said, move the mountain. Glory be to God. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm facing. But Jesus said, you can move a mountain. Amen. There's nothing in your life that's bigger than a mountain. And Jesus called a fig tree withering away presently at His command, small in comparison to what you could do with your words. What can I do with my words? Frame your world. Change your existence. Amen. So people say, that's unbelievable. There's nothing unbelievable to a believer. Or they'll say, oh, that's hard to believe. I've had people say that to me in church. Oh, that's hard to believe. No, it's not hard to believe you are a, there's a, there's a series that Pastor Michelle has that you ought to get. It's called Being a Believing Believer. Is that what it's called? A believing believer. You are a believing believer. Believing to the Christian is like oxygen to your lungs or water to a fish. It's just what you do. You believe. Amen. So say it out loud. It's never hard to believe. I believe with ease. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you're looking at something, you need to look at it and say, I believe you're gone. I believe you're well. I believe whatever it may be. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I told my wife coming to church today, we were pulling out of our garage. And I made this statement. I said, I'm going to preach the word of faith even stronger. I'm going to be even more radical with it. I'm going to preach it even heavier than I've ever preached it in the last 22 plus years. I'm going to preach it. We're going to, we're going to change city, state, nation, and world in the name of Jesus. We will build people's faith and frame their worlds 
all throughout Arkansas, all throughout Kansas, all throughout Missouri, all throughout Ecuador, all throughout Africa. We are not done. We have just begun. Glory be to God. So people make those statements. I can't believe. It's unbelievable. Hard to believe. Then when they really need to believe, they can't. Because they have declared that they can't believe or that it's hard to believe. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm a believing believer. It's easy for me to believe. Amen. We're only having what we are saying. And what we are not saying, we are not and cannot be having. Hallelujah. We're only having what we're saying. Now see, that's, that's difficult for some people. But if you look at somebody's life, and it's heading a certain direction, they're only having what they're saying. Because understand this, there's no neutral. You're, you're, you're either moving your life the direction you want it to go, or it's going the direction you don't want it to go. And, and you are the establishing witness. You have something to do with it either way. I, I knew a person one time that was always talking about how uneducated they were. That they, they didn't have all the breaks everybody else had because they're so uneducated. Well, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't have what that guy has. You know, I don't have an education. I don't, I, don't have that to back, I don't have that to back me up. You know, I can't this and I can't that and I can't this. Well, that, that's what stalled them. Amen. Does the scripture say this or not in the book of Isaiah? It says that he wakens me morning by morning. And he has given me the tongue of the learned. Is that what it says? Does scripture say in Psalm 119, Through your precepts you have made me wiser than my enemies. It also says, Because of your word I'm wiser than my teachers. What did it give the credit to? The word. This is the book of God's creative power. I don't need an education to make it work. I don't need a pedigree to make it work. I just need to believe it will work and then say what I believe. Glory be to God. Whoo, I've preached myself happy. Amen. We are not, what we're not saying you cannot be having. Good things do not just happen to you. They happen because you're creating an environment with your words for them to happen. You know, I hear people say, well, you know, good things happen to good people. Well, yeah, sometimes, but bad things happen to good people too. Yeah, but you know, it rains on the just and the unjust. Don't misquote that scripture because it's talking about God's goodness. And it says, even though there are people that don't want to live for God, He still blesses them. Right? 
It's, it's, it's not talking about good things happen or bad things happen to everybody. It's not what it's talking about. Amen. And people will say, well, Pastor, but why do bad things happen to good people? Well, you got to start with what they're saying. <clears throat> Scripture says in Proverbs, the curse, causeless, does not come. One tra translation says, the curse, I believe it's the Young's literal, says the curse does not alight without a cause. One of the causes can be what a person's saying. Your words open doors or close doors. Amen. I remember one time, I'm going to tell you this story. We, we had a house in, in uh, DeSoto. There were the church set in Kansas. And, and I've, I've always enjoyed yard work. And so I just like to get out and just, just piddle around in my yard and mow the yard and, and do different things. And I was out one day, and I had a guy that lived across the street from me. And uh, he had bought a, uh, a new weed eater. And it was the same kind of weed eater that I had. And uh, uh, it was a, 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 a gas uh, weed eater, and uh, and the thing was such it was kind of touchy, and you 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 had to to uh, adjust the throttle just right, or or it would uh, die out. It was good weed eater, but you, it was sensitive, and and I saw him. He was over there, and he started up, and he and he and he and he hit the uh, uh, the the throttle, and it said, so. I saw him, and he's, I, I could hear him, stupid thing, and he pulled it again, just took it out of the box. I watched him take it out of the box, and he, and he hit the throttle again, and, and I literally saw this grown man, stupid thing, stupid, and he threw it, threw, threw it across the yard, went over, dumb thing, kicked it, piece of junk. It was brand new, brand new. I, I, I looked around, and I thought, there's a camera somewhere. This cannot be really happening. But it was. And he picked it up. Dumb thing. Threw it back in the box. Threw the box in the garage. I'm thinking, my land. And, and of course what happened to me was I thought, how many times does he say that about things? You'll see, you'll see people working on things. Oh, I hate this thing. I hate this thing. It always does this. Piece of junk. It always. And is it any wonder it always does that? See, that's just a natural thing. But then that same person will want to go and use their words to receive from God. Everything you put your hands to is blessed. Everything is, is prosperous. If, 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 if it needs to go well, if it goes well for anybody, it's going well for me. Amen. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you something. The other day, we were moving. And uh, 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 I was, I was, I was, I was uh, up in the morning and, and, and we're going and and I've got to go get the truck to move, and, and, I, and I come back, and, you know, there were some things, there were some little hitches that were happening, and, and, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know, now I can't get my words behind these things, I'm going to have a problem. 
Amen. And, uh, and I, I got to the, the apartment we were moving out of, and, and Pastor Michelle handed me the trash, and she said, while you're going down, can you take the trash to the trash chute? And I said, yes, I sure can. And I'm, and I'm going. I'm, the, the, the movers are going to be showing up. And, and I go down to the trash chute, and I'm holding the key and the trash bag in this hand. And, and what I meant to do was transfer the key to this hand, uh, but I never made the transfer, and the key and the trash bag went down the trash chute four stories down into the compactor. Oh, my goodness. The key to the moving truck. And, and the first words that wanted to, now, now they tried to come out of my mouth, was, my God, this day is going horrible. And I thought, now, wait a minute. Uh, now, literally, I'm, I've been doing this a long time, and I still had to catch myself. And I said, no. And I ran back to the apartment. I said, honey, you need to pray with me. And she said, why? And I said, <laughs> I dropped the keys down the garbage chute. And you know what? My, my wife, my faith buddy, she didn't say, well, what in the world? That was a stupid thing to do. She said, well, Father, we just thank you that you're going to preserve those keys and you're going to keep them safe in the name of Jesus. And then she said, well, go find somebody. And so I took off and I, I ran downstairs and there's nobody. They, they, they've shut the whole place down. You know, it's running on a skeleton crew. And I'm on the phone with her. And I said, well, I, I, I can't find anybody. I don't see anybody. And from behind the, 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 the mailboxes was the cleaning lady's voice. She goes, what do you need? And, and we, we, I, I knew her. And I said, well, told her what we did. She went in. She goes, this is who you need to talk to. She went and got the maintenance guy. He came out. He said, well, if the, if the trash compactor hasn't ran, I can turn it off and get in there and we can find them. He said, if the compactor has ran, there's nothing we can do. I said, well, the compactor hadn't ran in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what I said to me. It hadn't ran in Jesus' name. And he said, I'll meet you over there. And so he had a shorter way to go, and I ran the long way and beat him. But anyway, the spirit of Elijah came on me. But anyway, <laughs> we got there, and, and sure enough, he turned it off, and he jumped up there, and he goes, oh, yeah, there they are. They're sitting right on top. Now, people will say, yeah, but you know, you were just lucky. There's no such thing as luck. You make situations. There was every opportunity to steer that day down a road of hardness and complication and difficulty. Amen. I'm not bragging on me, but the Bible says I'm the example for you. Right? And, and, and you got to understand, when something tries to go wrong, don't get your words behind it and, and speed it up. Amen. Because you'll hear people say something will go wrong in the morning. They'll go, oh, great, going to be one of those days. What else is going to go wrong? A lot. <laughs> because I've, now I've opened the door. But if something starts going wrong and I say, no, 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 Lord, I commit this day to you. And I declare that, that my steps are ordered by you. And I'm going to stop right now. And I'm going to declare that everything my hands touch is blessed. That I prosper. That, that everything is going my way. See, now I've established some things. Am I helping you tonight? 
My responsibility as a believer is to say. That's my responsibility. Amen. Amen. Charles Capp said, you can have what you say if you learn to release faith from the heart in your words. One last scripture, Matthew chapter 8. Oh, glory. You know, you have to be careful with things. You, You have to be careful with what you're saying because... Uh, something you say can set up an event in the future. And uh, I'll, I'll use a, a recent event in my life. You know, my, my dad moved to heaven. And uh, it was really a, uh, it was really a, a, a beautiful thing because uh, uh Monday, was it two, Monday last Monday? Two Mondays ago. Two Mondays ago. About uh, probably 2.30 in the morning, Monday morning, uh, I got a phone call. It's my sister. And uh, she said, I've got Dad on the line. There's something he wants to tell us. And I said, okay. And, and of course, he got on the line. He said, uh, son, he said, uh, I talked to the Lord, and uh, I asked him if I could come on home. And he said, the Lord told me, uh, you can, if that's what you want. You don't have to, but you can. And he said, and I've told the Lord that I want to. I just want to come home. And he said, I'm just calling to tell you. And he went through. He said, I want you to know I'm proud of you. I love you. I appreciate you, but I'm ready to go. And uh, I said, well, Dad, I, I wouldn't stand in your way for anything, uh, you know, and, and, and told him how much I loved him, cared about him. Uh, but here's the point. Is that so? So, so that's a beautiful thing, but you'll run into people and they'll say, Well, you know, uh, but after all of the busyness settles down and, and everything, uh, oh, you're you're the load will come on you. But scripture says he carried my grief, doesn't mean I don't miss dad, it's my hero. Right? We were singing that song today. All my life you have been faithful. And, and the only person I was thinking of was my dad. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but here's the point. I can get saddled with that grief and that despondency and spend weeks in it until I finally get over it. Or I can get over it from the very beginning and declare my father is more alive now than he's ever been. I didn't lose anybody. He, he just, I, I, I know right where he's at. I haven't lost him. You know, the, the thing is, I feel like I need to tell this for somebody. I don't know who I need to tell it for. But uh, uh, he, was, he was laying in bed, and uh, my mom was doing some things with the bed, And she told him, she said, uh, now roll over. And so he rolled over. He said, which way? She said, the right side. And he rolled over on his right side. And she did what she needed to do. She came around the other side of the bed. 
And she said, okay, okay, you can roll back over on your back. And he didn't respond. And she said, so I pushed him, and he just fell over on his back and was gone. Never gasped for breath. Never no evidence. He just went to sleep. What a way to go. What a way to go. He always said he was going to go. He said, I'm, one day I'm going to call y'all and tell you I'm going home, and I'm going to go home. And that's what he did. Hallelujah. Amen. He got what he said all the way up to the end. The end of this earthly life. When you're born again, there is no end to your life. But, but here's the point. I can get over there, and I've known people that, that have, have done it. And 20 years after the fact, they're grieving about things and hurting. And, and, and when they think of the person, they get despondent. And, and if you'll investigate, they would have said things like, Oh, I just don't know how I'll ever live without them. I just, I just don't know what I'll do. I couldn't, I couldn't live a day without them. The only person you can't live without is Jesus. Amen. I'm not making light of those situations. I'm just saying that the oh, no, I'm Lord, forgive me. I am not just saying. I'm I'm saying that those words will stand there and produce in you what you're saying. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Matthew 8 and 13, real quickly. This is uh, what when Jesus said this to the centurion. Go your way, and notice this. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Notice what Jesus said. As you have believed. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say it would work if you believed right. Whether you believe right or wrong, it's going to work. If I believe right, it'll work. If I believe wrong, it'll work. If I'm speaking right words, I'll have what I say. If I'm speaking wrong words, I'll have what I say. Because when we speak, authority is being released. And whether we believe it or not, that's what's happening. That's what's occurring. Amen. And uh, I'll, I'll start wrapping it up with this. And again, you know, we know enough not to speak anything overtly negative. But Jesus said you'd have whatever you say. Hallelujah. You know, there are people that go to work every day and they talk about how their boss don't like them. Oh, they like everybody else better than I do, better, better than they like me. Is it any wonder they get what they say? I, I've, I've said something, especially when I was in the corporate world. I'm the favorite. 
If anybody gets blessed, I'm going to get blessed. If they give a bonus to anybody, I'm going to get a bonus. I, I have spoken over Lily from almost from day one. Uh, she is set on high above all nations of the earth because she's the seed of a tither. She has great favor with the administration of her school and her classmates. She is highly favored, deeply loved, and greatly desired in Jesus' name. Amen. And is it any wonder? People will always tell us, I just love her. She is such a joy to be around. We just love her. We're just so, we just, amen. Because you'll have what you say. And your authority is released in your words. Amen. I was talking to a man one time, and he kept telling me how hard of a time he had sleeping. And uh, he would say, what do you think about that? And I'd say, I sleep good. And he'd say, well, but you know, I don't, I, I just wake up a lot in the night. What do you think about that? And I said, I sleep good. Yeah, but don't you think? I, I sleep good. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be ugly or, or catty or cocky, but that's, I sleep good. The scripture says, I will lay me down and I will sleep and the Lord will sustain me. Right? I had another man ask me one time. He would, because, uh, I, I, and I still uh, uh, respond this way. Uh, I have understanding of all things. And people will say, well, what do you think about this? Well, I understand. And, and he was a pastor. He was talking to me about problems in his church. And, and I said, I understand. And he said, well, you know, we have this problem. I said, I understand. And he finally looked at me and said, boy, you're an understanding fellow, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I have understanding of all things. The Bible says he gives me understanding of witty inventions. I don't have to have the education, but I have the Holy Spirit understanding. Now, that will occur if you're saying it. I have understanding of all things. Because in, uh, in First Chronicles, I believe it is, it says that there were 200 men of the tribe of Issachar that came and joined themselves to David. And it says they were so important because they were men that had understanding of the seasons. And knew what Israel ought to do. So God brings men of understanding to David that knows what needs to happen. Amen. I'm a man of understanding. You're a man or a woman of understanding. Glory to God. And you'll be on your job and there's something they can't figure out. And you may not have ever seen it. You may not have ever done anything with it. But the Holy Spirit will download information to you because you're constantly saying you have understanding of all things. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, 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 I'll finish with this. I saw a shirt one time that just made me shudder because of what I know. And, 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 and it was a shirt this guy was wearing, and it just said, I'm with stupid, referring to themselves. Hmm. People say, oh, but you know, that's just a funny shirt. No, 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 that's a deadly shirt. Why? Because the Bible says that people perish for a lack of knowledge. 
and stupid people don't have any knowledge. That, that word doesn't even feel right coming out of your mouth. You would never look at anybody and call them stupid. At, le at least I wouldn't. Right? Why? Because of what it means. Words mean what they mean. You are wise. You are intelligent. You are full of understanding. You have understanding of all things. The Holy Spirit gives you infinite wisdom and you have wisdom beyond your age, beyond your time on this earth, beyond your education. You are smart and you are susceptible to know all things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you that what we have said will stand fast. And we thank you, Father, that we are thriving. We thank you that we are healed and well. And we thank you that our families are strong, secure, and prospering in the name of Jesus. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.